All right, what up, what up? Uh, if I was to ask everybody what you feel more confident in this weekend, us beating Rutgers, you know, 45 to 7, and it being a total domination from start to finish, or us beating Rutgers, you know, 34, 17, and it being one of those, eh, a win is a win, I'll take it type of things. If you're asking me, I feel way more confident in saying we'll beat them 34-17, it looking closer than it really should be, and walking away from that game being like, eh, you know, okay, whatever, a win is a win. Which, I, I, it just, it shows how how little confidence I have in our offense. or I mean, ma- mainly the past game. Uh, I just don't have the type of confidence that I'd like to. Now, with the run game, things are great. We can get the run game going, which is funny because last year we bitched about not being able to run the ball and relying on the pass game too much, and now it's flip-flop. It, we're running the ball. We're not relying on the run game, but we're running the ball, and we're you know continuing to run the ball throughout the game because we can. You know, We're getting those five or six yards. It doesn't matter who it is, K. Tornown or Nick Singleton, and those guys are... I mean, they're studs. The numbers speak for themselves. Um, but in the past game, you would think that, you know, since we are running the ball so well, that it's it's not a matter of play calling because the play calling is there. Like the shots were taken down the field. I mean, ever since the Minnesota game, we've done what I, I was hoping we were going to do all season. Now, early in the season, the run game was phenomenal, and we were getting those big explosive plays, and we kind of maybe went away from the past game a little, a little more than I thought we would, but it, it was still there. But after you know, after the Michigan game and the Ohio State, I mean the the Minnesota game, we really you know took that step in, in taking those shots downfield, whether it was to the tight ends, Parker Washington, Tinsley, it, it didn't matter. We we were taking those shots, and the run game was was following you know, it was there it was setting it up and you know we, we had a good we had a good balance but the thing is I mean newsflash Sean Clifford is not accurate not consistent and this is what I've been saying for I don't know 43 consecutive starts it's just it's just not there and it's just it's so unfortunate because yes I know we are able to put up points but we leave so many, so many possessions, like they're just empty. And, you know, we'll go on a, you know, six, seven play drive and eat up 60, you know, 60 plus yards and settle for three or, or you know, miss it on fourth down. And it's, it's those, it's those shots that we take downfield that Clifford misses that are infuriating because he shouldn't miss those. Like, he had the two against Parker Washington that he overthrew. And he overthrew a couple during the game. I think he overthrew one to Keandre Lambert-Smith that wasn't even remotely close. And he overthrew one to, I think, Mitchell Tinsley. The two to Parker Washington, those weren't just overthrows. Those were, like, Anthony Morelli-type overthrows. Just not even close. And he had Parker Washington. 
Parker Washington had his man beat by about two steps both times. And both times he was inside the five heading into the end zone. And instead of just laying it up there like he should and letting Parker Washington run underneath it, that's what happened in the interception against Minnesota. Instead of, you know, kind of leading Parker Washington and, and letting him, you know, let him run underneath it and catch and run, you know, he, he kind of tried to force it in there and kind of make up for maybe missing it a half a half second earlier and just threw a, threw a line drive and just overthrew him. It wasn't even close. Even if Parker Washington was 6'6 and dough for it, still wasn't going to catch that ball. Neither one of them. And the one to Keandre Lambert-Smith, Parker Washington cleared out the middle. Lambert-Smith had a wide open in route, you know, catch and run type of situation. Clifford had a clean pocket. No one within a, a yard of him, basically. And just, just it looked good. Like, it, it came out of the hand good initially, but just overthrew him by a, by a country mile. Not even close. And then Clifford just stands there with that look on his face, like, man, I really did that again. Like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And it's just, you know, heading into these games and with the way that the Maryland game started, and it wasn't, there wasn't a concern or there shouldn't have been a concern that Maryland was ever going to be competitive in this game after a certain point because, I mean, they just couldn't do anything. I mean, they just, they, they just could not do anything. And shout out to our defense. Held them to under 200 yards. Second straight week, we've done that. We had six sacks for the second straight week. First time, by the way, that's happened since 2007. We had the tackles for loss. Um, we have 14 players with a sack, which I frankly mentioned in this press conference is, um, I think, the most in the country. So shout out to our defense. They were in Tagovailoa's face all day. All day. And we might not have gotten the sack on, on every play, but the pressure was there constantly constantly in his face and he was forced to make make bad throws um late throws off balance throws hand in his face throws and even if he did get it out he would overthrow it he would be short uh tackle would be made right away the dbs would break up another pass um so like the defense you cannot nitpick anything i mean you literally could not ask for a better defensive performance zero points under 200 yards would have liked to pick. We almost had it with Kalen King, but that's again, that's that's nitpicking. But you really can't. I mean, since the Michigan game, that was a complete debacle. But since that, our defense has been like really solid to great. And their that Michigan game obviously yardage wise set us back in a bunch of categories, you know, nationally, but they've been climbing the rankings since then. And even against Ohio State in that first fifty one minutes. I mean, Ohio State wasn't really, you know, they weren't really doing as, you know, as much as they usually do. We'll put it that way. And the Indiana, the Maryland last weekend, I mean, those teams had no shot. And our defense just, you know, they're, they're playing great. And they're, they're doing what you should do to the lesser teams. They're putting them away early, not giving them a chance, smothering them. So love the way our defense is playing. I expect that to continue this week and then into next week against Michigan State. And especially against Rutgers because their offense, well, Michigan State too, both offenses are a train wreck, complete dog shit. And Rutgers is a team whose defense is 10 times better than their offense. So in that situation, ideally, we force them into a bunch of three and outs, force them into a bunch of third and longs and get good field position and just 
wear down their defense and just keep them on the field. I, I don't have any I don't have any concerns about that happening. You know, I think our defense is obviously going to do that. I don't have um yeah, no, no concerns about that. I had a ton of confidence heading into Indiana that we would do that. I had more confidence heading into Maryland last weekend that we would do that. And I had even more confidence this weekend that, you know, may, uh, pitch a shutout, maybe. I think I think there's a really good chance. Um, but, yeah, I, I have no, no, no uh, lack of confidence in our defense these days. Offensively, though, like I started with, you know, do we have more confidence in our, in our offense these days? to put up, you know, a 45 spot or another 30 spot. And that's been the thing. Like, we've left multiple points on the board in in multiple games and come up empty. Um, Now, I know you can't score on every single possession, but there's there's just possessions where the run game is going, we're moving the sticks, the momentum is there, and sometimes it's a play calling. We call, you know, a less than stellar less than stellar play and it just doesn't work uh, or more times than not we call a great play and Clifford just can't make can't make it can't do it um, and again like I don't <laughs> I don't want this to turn into a continuous bashing of Sean Clifford I'm just I'm just pointing out the flaws you know I'm just pointing out the flaws week in and week out and I think they're they're pretty obvious you know, consistently. Um, and I, the other thing is, and I know everyone feels this way, like what I would love to know the conversations during the week, like the, the parameters that surround getting Drew Allar in the game. Is it X amount of plays from Clifford? Is it a snap count? Is it, you know, we got to be up by, you know, 35 points. Like what is it? Because it really, it really shouldn't be that much. And obviously, it goes without saying that the final two games of the regular season, we're not going to see Alar unless the game is out of hand. Which I, 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 I find it hard to believe that with these two games and the opponents we're playing, that that won't happen. Um, obviously, Michigan State Clifford is going to start and play a majority of the game at Senior Day. He'll get the standing ovation late in the game. Alar will come in, do his thing. And, you know, maybe throw it three or four times and hand it off because that's just kind of how, how things have gone for, for the most part. Now, there's obviously been the games early in the season against those lesser opponents where he's come in and they've let him sling it. But we have two opportunities the last two weeks to really, really put things away super early, super early in the game, like end of the first quarter type of situation. And Franklin early in the season mentioned getting getting LR those reps, you know, in the second quarter early so we can play with the ones you know, play in a, you know, quote-unquote, more competitive setting with, you know, with the game not fully in hand and get those early reps. We have two two games coming up that we have a perfect opportunity for those. But, you know, the, the, just my question is, like, what's, like, what is the reasoning for leaving Cliff in so long? Like, what more, what more could you possibly want or need to see and I know Franklin mentioned the injuries on the offensive line have kind of maybe you know hampered getting him in early because you're trying to get maybe x amount of reps with this player combined with this player and the quarterback and 
I, look, I, I get the, I, I get it, right? I get why you want to do that. Um, but from a non-coaching perspective, from just the, the fan base perspective, I'd love to know, and I'm surprised, I think some of the reporters asked it early in the season, but in these late games, when we're able to put things away early, like even against Indiana, I mean, Indiana Maryland had no shot in coming back in those games, no shot, but yet it took forever to put them in the game, and I don't know if anyone saw this towards the end of the first half, I, I don't know the exact situation, but I think it was around the time that Franklin got his unsportsmanlike conduct penalty when the team was huddled up on the sideline, and I think it was maybe also around the two-minute warning, so there was still plenty of time in the first half, and we had the ball. Um, there was a moment where Alar had had the you know the big jacket on on the sideline, staying warm and everything. It looked like body language-wise, I couldn't read lips or anything, that Franklin had went over to him and gestured, like, get ready type of deal, or maybe said something along those lines. That's just that's just what it seemed on TV. Obviously, we're never going to know what he said, but it seemed that way. And then literally a second later, Yursich walked by and seemed to have gestured the same thing. And Alar kind of you know, scurried away like he was about to get in. Obviously, that didn't happen, and it, and it took you know a good amount in the, in the third quarter to, to get him in. And again, I don't know what they're looking to see from Cliff. I, I would imagine it's a... X amount of reps for these certain players with him, I guess. I don't know. We can we can speculate on that. We can, you know, we can think what we want, all that kind of good stuff, right? Um, so there's that. And I, look, we have two games left in the regular season. Clifford's obviously going to start against Michigan State, and he's obviously going to start against Rutgers. But these are perfect opportunities for us on offense to have a complete game and have the ability to get LR in and get more meaningful reps rather than it, it it's a 80 20 split between run and pass you know in those situations nine times out of ten he's getting in there mid third handing the ball off a handful of times maybe passing it a handful of times um so ideally let's get him in early that would be awesome kind of like what i said last week with my five things and speaking of those five things Let's kind of look back on that and see how we did. Last week, I asked for 200 yards rushing, more sacks, zero turnovers. I wanted to dominate. I wanted to end it early and put Alar in. Not get 200 yards, although Singleton did have a great day. So big shot to him. More sacks. Got that. We're really on a roll with that. Zero turnovers. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we had the turnover with the fumble uh, late in the game. It was our backup and backups. So... The starters and everything, no turnovers. So I guess you can put a semi-check mark next to that. Dominate, yes, absolutely. Dominated defensively. Would have loved to see more um, more touchdowns on the board in the second half offensively. But again, not going to nitpick that one. End it early equals more. Drew Allard time. Um, I mean, it was over before it even started. If that opening kickoff was any indication of how things were going to go for the day, you could have just put them in right there. Um, but that didn't, that didn't, it didn't transpire the way I thought it was going to with the way things went in the game. So, um, we accomplished a lot and usually if I can get three of those five things to happen, it's, it's a pretty good day. All right. So looking ahead to this week, five things, and this is, these are really all me being super, super selfish and really just wanting this game to be 
that game that I've tried to predict multiple times with, with no luck. So let's see how this one goes. Um, first one, 500 yards of offense and hold Rutgers to under 200 yards. It'd be the third straight week we hold our opponents under 200 yards. Their offense averages a shade over 300, which is seems impossible in college football these days. Um, but I think we can do that. Next one, getting a little greedy with this one. And I, honestly, I don't care who it is. I just want to see it. Three passing touchdowns. And whether it's Cliff or Alar, I want someone to be at 70% completion or maybe combined 70, 70% completion. So that's, again, that's being super greedy. But I think we can do it. I think we can absolutely do that. Three touchdown passes is not asking a lot. Um, six plus sacks again to be the third straight game. I think we can absolutely do that as well. Like I said, their offense is terrible, terrible. So that that shouldn't be an issue getting the sacks, um, especially with the way we've been we've been scheming up things lately. Um, I want to get a pick, and I would love to have that be a pick six. Um, I've been been asking for that all season. And we had a very good chance against Indiana with Daquan Hardy. I think he got tackled like a two or three. Turned that into a touchdown, though. But I would love a pick six. And I'd love for one of our running backs to go over 150. Um, Singleton, I think, is under 200 yards away from getting 1,000 yards rushing, which would be super awesome. And I think he'll probably get that in the last two games of the, of the regular season. Bowl games do count. So he's an awesome, awesome chance of getting well over 1,000 yards. Um, so I would love to see that. I don't really care who it is, but in terms of getting that thousand yards, you know, maybe we'll just go with Singleton. Um, so over 500 yards of offense, hold records to under 200 yards, three passing touchdowns, combined 70% completion percentage, six plus sacks again. Um, I want to pick maybe a pick six and over 154 Singleton. Um, all right. So looking ahead to the weekend, as we always do with the Saturday slate. Obviously, these rankings reflect the college football playoff rankings that came out um, on Tuesday. And Penn State now number 11 in the rankings, really just behind Utah at number 10. And there's a lot of matchups between top 10 teams coming up over the next couple of weeks. So as long as we do our thing and you know win against Rutgers and win against Michigan State, finish 10-2, and two, there is a really good chance if certain things happen. Certain things have to happen. There's a good chance that we could be closer to five than ten by the time the season's over. Um, by the time the regular season is over, that is. So always something to look forward to with that, especially how the last two seasons have gone, eleven eleven. The, you know, the expectations heading in this year, you know, at worst eight and four, at best ten and two. I think a lot of people believe so. We're kind of on pace for that. So, you know, just win and we'll be fine. All right, Saturday slate, starting with the 11 a.m. hour, randomly. Uh, number 20, UCF hosting Navy, 11 o'clock on ESPN2. 12 o'clock on ABC, number three, Michigan hosts Illinois. That isn't as good of a game as it was maybe two or three weeks ago, but still, um, Illinois' defense is really solid, but I, I think Michigan runs away with that one. Number four, TCU, after their big win against Texas last week, travels to Waco to take on Baylor. That is 12 o'clock on Fox, big new kickoff. Um, this is also the weekend where SEC teams play high school teams. Austin P travels to Tuscaloosa to take on number eight, Alabama, 12 o'clock on the SEC Network. Louisiana travels to number 19, Florida State, 12 o'clock on ESPN3. 
Uh, moving down to the 2 o'clock hour, number 15, Kansas State travels to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. That is 2 o'clock on the Big 12 Network and ESPN+. Plus. 2.15 on ESPN2, number 23, Oregon State travels to Tempe to take on Arizona State. 2.30 on NBC and Peacock, Boston College travels to South Bend to take on number 18, Notre Dame. Number 1, Georgia travels to Lexington to take on Kentucky. 3.30 on CBS, Kentucky coming off their... Um, embarrassing loss to Vanderbilt last week, snapping Vanderbilt's like 30-something game SEC losing streak. That game a couple weeks ago was probably going to be good, but now I think Georgia runs away with that one as well. Ohio State, number two in the country, travels to College Park to take on Maryland, 330 on ABC. Miami travels to Death Valley to take on number nine, Clemson, 330 on ESPN. Obviously, the boys are in Piscataway this weekend, 330 on the Big Ten Network. Number 24, NC State travels to Louisville to take on the Cardinal at 3.30 on the ACC Network, going down to the later hours. Number 25, Cincinnati takes on Temple uh, in Philly, 4 o'clock on ESPNU, going down to the late, late hours. Number 5, Tennessee travels to Columbia to take on South Carolina, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Number 14, Ole Miss travels to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas, 7.30 on the SEC Network. It is Bedlam. Number 22, Oklahoma State travels to Norman to take on Oklahoma, 7.30 on ABC. Number 7, USC, a big one in the Pac-12. The Trojans go to Pasadena to take on number 16, UCLA, coming off their bad loss to uh, Arizona last weekend. That is 8 o'clock on Fox. UAB travels to Baton Rouge to take on number 6, LSU, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. Washington coming off their major win against Oregon last weekend. They host Colorado, 9 o'clock on the Pac-12 network. And speaking of Oregon, now number 12 in the country, the Ducks host number 10, Utah, 10.30 on ESPN. And as always, for you Night Owls, 11 o'clock kickoff, UNLV and Hawaii. Uh, All right, so got everybody set up for the weekend. Um, Mentioned the five things, talked about last weekend, talked about maybe what we want to see heading into this game. Um, look, I just want to see a blowout. I, I really do. Like one of these times, I, I have this weekend and next weekend to uh, to be right, and like I'm bound to be right, guys. Like one of these days, I'm going to be right about these predictions, whether it's scores or um, yardage for certain guys in production. Which, <laughs> by the way, I looked back on the stats I had for certain players on both sides of the ball. Yikes. I was way off, like not even in the same ballpark for for some of these guys, um, which you know that's pretty par for the course for me in predictions. So after the season's over and we do our season recap, uh, I will present the stats that I had for for certain players, and we'll see how far off I was. Which, like I said, some of them weren't even close. Um, but for Saturday, for this weekend, um. Let's see here. What am I going to say? What am I going to go with? I'm going to say 38, 38 to 6. Not quite the blowout that I would like to see. Like in my head, I'm, I'm like my brain is telling me 63 to nothing. But my heart and the common sense in me knows that that is not going to happen. So 38 to 6. I think we start strong. I think it's it's put away, you know, end of the first, heading to the second. And I'm going to say that we see Drew Allar before halftime. That's my prediction. That's my big prediction 
for for Saturday is that we see Drew Allar before halftime. Hope I'm right. Probably gonna be wrong, but we'll see. 38 to 6. The boys get the W. I want some chaos as well in college football. Slide us up in the rankings even more. But look, just take the W, move on to Michigan State, finish 10 and 2. Be happy with that. Um, all right. Appreciate the support as always, guys. You know that. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. Enjoy our game. Um, Thanksgiving is next weekend. Be thankful for 10 and 2 season. Be thankful that we're not pit. And let's be happy with it. Um, appreciate you guys. Always remember, we are.